0: Welcome to the guide to getting laid off. And if you had just gotten laid off or you know somebody who's gotten laid off or furloughed or what have you, job is potentially in uh, distress, then this is the episode for you. Now, this is an emergency podcast episode. This is not in our usual sort of numbered episodes fashion. This is an emergency episode because we are at a time in the nation, in the world, where a number of people are being let go as a result of a disease or a virus that's getting spread around the world, the COVID-19. So if you're listening to this in the future, uh, that's where this idea came from. Somebody on my team, Mindy came up with the idea for this and I think it's a fantastic idea, but of course people get laid off at all times for all different kinds of reasons and no matter where you're at in the world right now, no matter what just happened, you are Number one, not alone, and that is the first thing I wanted to tell you. There's going to be 10 things that I'm going to share with you here, and then I'm going to hand the mic over to our COO, CFO, Matt Gartland, who's going to share with you a number of different tips that you could do right now to start understanding, well, what might you be able to do to take some of the skills that you currently have and turn them into something like a freelancing career, at least maybe on the side, or it could potentially be full-time. Because I know money and income is something that's obviously something that you're worrying about right now, and before we get started here with the second to 10th tips that I have, uh, again, the first one being you're not alone. I've been through this before myself. In 2008, I worked at an architectural firm. I was a job captain and quickly climbing the corporate ladder, very, very happy with my job, actually. Quite satisfied with it and very excited about the future. I eventually wanted to open up my own architecture practice few months prior, I actually proposed to my girlfriend, April. She said yes, and all things were great. I was contributing to my 401k. I was doing all the things right, trying to keep my job as secure as possible, and I was told, and I mentioned 2008, likely, if you remember, that was during the recession, and this was right around the time this was all starting to happen, yet my boss kept telling me that we were going to be fine. Although we had heard a bunch of stuff in the news, although we had heard that a lot of people in other companies were getting laid off, we were told that- Well, we're going to be fine. And unfortunately, that was not the case. On June 17th, 2008, my boss called me into his office and I kind of had an idea, but I just didn't want to believe it of what was about to happen. But he sat me down. He said straight into my eyes. He said, Pat, you're one of the youngest, brightest guys I've ever worked with. Unfortunately, we have to let you go. And it was a crushing blow. Like, honestly, I don't know how you feel right now or how your friend feels right now who might be going through a layoff, but I felt like I got gut punched. Like, literally the breath came out of me and I had no idea what to do next, what I was gonna do. My first reaction was to try and solve the problem, right? I'm a problem solver by nature, so I tried to solve the problem. Okay, getting laid off, Let me call every single architecture firm we've ever spoken to, all my friends who went to school with me back in architecture, uh, back at UC Berkeley. Let me chat with every engineer, mechanical, engineering, plumbing that we've ever spoken to. And I begged and I pleaded for a job. That was my way of trying to solve the problem was to get back to where I just got let go from. And I even remember at one point, I was begging for just an executive sort of assistant position just so I could stay in because that's the only world I knew. I'd went to school for five years for architecture, had been in the job force for four years doing that quickly climbing the ladder and I wanted to hold on to it as as long as I could. And after that, I went through a phase of getting upset and angry. I got uh, angry at my boss for lying and saying that everything was gonna be okay. Didn't give me time to prepare. I was angry at myself for maybe not working as hard as I could have. I was worried about what my fiance was gonna say, what my parents were gonna say. Did I do something wrong? These are all thoughts that were coming across my mind. Thankfully, I had some good support. I went back to my apartment my fiance really really helped encourage me, kept me, you know, sane during that time and and just told me a few words that were really important to me which was everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And it was nice to hear somebody else say it, although in the back of my mind I was thinking, well, how do you know? I'm so upset. Like, what if it's not okay? The first thing I realized was, you know, I think our brains do this thing where when we are in a time of stress like this, We tend to think the worst case scenario, like the absolute worst case scenario, the very highly unlikely, pretty much impossible scenario is what we believe is going to happen. And I remember specifically thoughts coming across my brain that were like, I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to be naked in a ditch somewhere and I'm not going to have anything. You know, my fiance is going to leave me. My parents are going to leave me. Like the whole world's crumbling on me. And it's very, very it's very, very easy to fall into a trap like that. And the number one thing I'd recommend to you uh, beyond realizing that you're not alone, because again, I've gone through this too, is that uh, the worst case scenario that you're painting is likely the very unlikely situation. And so we have to figure out what the truths are, right? This is very Elon Musk. Let's go to, let's go back to first principles. Like let's, Get rid of the sort of, as much as we can, a lot of the emotion, and let's try to find the underlying truths behind what's happening and and, and whether or not we're going to bounce back from this. And we we always bounce back from it. That's the number one truth. It just is a matter of when, and it really depends on how you react to the situation, which takes me to tip number two here. And although I'm saying, you know, hey, like let's let's put aside the emotions for now. Let's try to figure out how to solve this problem. The truth of the matter is, it's totally okay to be frustrated. Being frustrated is a vent. It, it's it's important to vent. It's it's important to uh, have conversations with people and just express how you're feeling. I think that's a, that's that's very key. And I'm very again thankful I had people to connect with to be able to do that. And even if you don't, just know that it's okay to take some time to be frustrated because. This shouldn't have happened and it's not fair and there's a lot of things that were out of our control, but there's also a lot of things that we can control, but all in all, it's okay to be frustrated. But number three, it's not okay to let that frustration totally get in the way of what your next steps might be. Now, after I got laid off, I literally sat in bed for three weeks straight, depressed, watching Back to the Future over and over again. A lot of uh, my fans know that I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. This is partly the reason why, because I just watched it 60 times in a row. However, after the one hour and 56 minutes of that, uh, I, I know exactly how much time that um, that movie is, uh, I got I snapped back into reality and I had to start it again. And the reason why I wanted to watch Back to the Future was because I had this little hope inside of me that maybe there was this thing called a DeLorean well, there is a DeLorean, but one that was a time machine that I could go 88 miles per hour in and go back into time and change things and make things better. But the truth is, that is impossible. And it took me 60 times watching that movie to realize that, well, nothing's gonna change from the past. I can't go back into the past and change things. I can't control that and then have the present day be different. The truth is, present day is what it is. However, it's the things that we do now and the actions that we take from this point forward that actually write the story of our future. And so although Back to the Future is a fictional story, there is a lot of truth behind it that whatever it is that we do now, the events and the actions that we take determine the story for our future. So eventually I had to realize that sitting in bed was not going to do me any good. I had to proactively get up on my feet and find some help and figure out what to do next. So that takes me to number four. First tip was you are not alone and you're not the only one getting laid off at this at, at this moment in time. I've gone through it before as well. Number two, it's okay to be frustrated. Number three, it's not okay to let that frustration get in the way of you moving forward. Number four, find support. Someone to talk to. Other people who perhaps are going through similar tough situations like you, or friends or family who are willing to listen to you and to offer support. And When you do find those people, let them know what support actually looks like. Sometimes you go to people for support and they just start bombarding you with, oh, have you tried this? Have you done this? Have you looked at that? If you're not the person who can kind of receive that kind of information, if you don't like receiving information in that way or you're just not in a moment of your life right now to receive that kind of information, then let a person know that that's not the kind of support you're looking for. I think When seeking support, it's important for you to first understand how would you like to be supported. In many cases, you just might need somebody that you could vent to that can understand and just kind of nod along with you. And that's okay, too. Whatever kind of support you need, find it. And there could be a lot of people who are going through similar situations that can relate to what you're going through right now. And I'm also there for support as well, at Pat Flynn on Twitter, Instagram, obviously, the team at SPI is here to help you as well. Um, there's all different kinds of ways to get support, online, offline, etc. Number five, and this is especially important after you have a mindset shift, which tends to happen to people who have been laid off, they eventually get out of a little bit of sort of, oh, uh, feeling terrible about things and then actually getting excited about the possibilities. And oftentimes we can get so excited that we start putting action into all different kinds of things to try to make things work. And again, make sure you stick around to the end because Matt's going to give you a little bit of guidance on where you might be able to focus that energy here at the start of your new journey. But before that, we need to, number five, make sure we take care of necessities. And what I mean by that are the things that you need for basic living to You just ensure that you're gonna be okay for a while. And that means going back into your accounts to making sure you have enough set aside for rent or payments of any kind. Uh, Food, of course, and health. If health insurance is something that you are worried about, then definitely do the research. And I can't tell you exactly what to do. I do know there are options typically once you get laid off, such as Cobra, which is definitely pretty expensive, and there's other options privately. Perhaps you have a severance package. There's a lot of different factors, and I cannot speak to your specific situation, but just with whatever situation you're in and whatever you have access to, and of course you can also go back to your job to ask for help or at least reach out to people who probably feel bad about letting you go to seek guidance as well in case, because they probably have some other people who have been asking the same things. Try to get some help from those who might be able to guide you into, well, where might you be able to find health insurance that makes sense for you and your situation uh, at the same time? So taking care of those ne- those necessities is really important because then it opens up the ability and your availability to try new things and to experiment and to potentially see what you might be able to do, to do next. So number six, consider then what your options may be for your next steps. I think it's really important to understand there might be some immediate next steps related to what your next for example, a move might be related to your career or your job, and there might be some sort of future thinking sort of steps related to, okay, well, initially I need to get a new job or find something in the meantime, maybe freelance for a while, but ultimately I do not wanna have to go through this situation anymore, which is what I thought at the time. Eventually, I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I did everything I was supposed to. I got good grades in school. I graduated magna cum laude from Berkeley. I did everything I could at the job that I had to just become the best person I could. I was the youngest person to be promoted to job captain and yet I still got let go. Not cool. I do not ever wanna have to go through that again. So eventually, whether I need a job now to sort of supplement my income until I find a way, I wanna be my own boss, I wanna become an entrepreneur. And that's eventually what I became. So. More on that later, but looking back, this absolutely was a huge blessing in disguise because it definitely opened me up to new no opportunities, but I had to know where I wanted to go. I had to be very clear with what I what, what my future vision was like in terms of how I wanted things to be. And if you wanna go back to the job that you had or something similar, that that's totally fine, even though this is a podcast related to entrepreneurship and starting an online business. If that's not for you, that's totally fine. I'm, I'm not here to convince you to do that if that's not what you wanna do. The point being here in number six is you need to know what you want to do so that you know what next steps to take. This is the address that you want to put in the navigation menu so you can understand what turns to take from this point forward. So that's number six. And for whatever next steps you might need, that's what I would start learning about next. If the next step might be trying to find another position, something similar to what, with what you had, then go go and take action on that and, and, and dedicate your time that you, ha- that you now have to that. If, for example, you want to start exploring new options, then find somebody who is teaching those things, whether it's here on Smart Passive Income, on this podcast or on the blog or on the YouTube channel or somebody else, it doesn't matter. Find somebody who is where you want to go and start learning from them so that you can understand what the next steps might be and even ask for help, join their communities, be a part of the discussions that are happening there. Quick story, in 2008, uh, I remember that after I got laid off, I got really interested in online business, and it was actually a podcast called Internet Business Mastery that I found randomly that truly introduced me and inspired me to uh, go down this route, and I remember one of the founders of that podcast, one of the hosts, Jeremy, had moved to San Diego, which is where I'm from. And I remember that he online, uh, because I was following him on Twitter, said, Hey, we're going to be in San Diego doing a little meetup. Anybody who's in the area should come out. And I was so deathly afraid because I felt ashamed that I was going to be going there to ask for help. I didn't want to. I I sort of grew up in a uh, sort of household where I had to take care of everything myself and I had to be perfect. and, And that was very tough to deal with after getting laid off because, you know, things did not go perfectly like I had thought and planned. Um, But also I remember driving to that meetup and sitting there and almost in my truck turning back around because I didn't think I had anything to add or any like I was just going to be sort of taking up space there. And I was at this event. It was at a Panera Bread in San Diego. So we all had like our soups and our salads and we were just eating. And one by one, everybody was going around sharing where they were at in business And I remember just feeling so out of place. Like I did not belong there. I didn't go to business school. I went to architecture school. And people here were talking about things like SEO, which is search engine optimization, or funnels and leads, and like language I didn't even understand. And everybody was sharing about their business that they had started already. And I was just getting started myself and just trying to figure things out. And I felt out of place. But when it came around to my turn, everybody was so massively helpful. There are people in this world who want to help, but nobody's gonna help unless you show up and ask. And so I asked for help. And eventually what came out of that meeting was me diving into Helping people pass an architectural exam, and uh, creating an ebook and a study guide to help people in that space. This very specific exam about something that I knew from my architecture career. Uh, the exam is called the Lead Exam, L E E D. You might have seen sort of emblems or symbols outside of buildings that are Lead certified uh, while walking around before. Well, I was helping people pass that exam so they could become Lead uh, accredited professionals. And they gave me the idea, Jeremy specifically said, hey, you should write an ebook and a study guide and sell it on your website. And I said, what is an ebook? I have no idea. And I felt so stupid. Yet everybody lend a hand to help me. And I truly owe them so much because that was the start of an amazing career as an online business owner, as my own boss, as an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur now with a podcast, multiple books, best-selling books, keynote speaker around the world. And it all started because I asked for help and I I had the courage to go and actually sit in on that meeting, put myself in an uncomfortable situation and uh, connect with the right people, mentor other leaders who I really looked up to, who were doing things that I wanted to do too. So just providing a little bit of inspiration. In addition to that, let's go to tip number seven here. You need to find inspiration somewhere. So whether it's in a group like with what I had or with other people online sharing their so their success stories, or maybe it's your kids. Maybe your kids are the inspiration. You know, you're know, you doing this for them. You ha- you need to have a reason to get up and, and, and keep going. You might not know what the next steps are, but you need a reason to get up so you can figure out what those next, next steps are, connect with the right people, and then at least take action or try. So find inspiration somewhere. What's gonna get you up every morning so you can figure things out get ahead and hopefully get better off than you were before. And that's that's the whole point of this and 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 it can happen. So I know how you're feeling. This might be the worst situation in your life ever, and that's exactly how I felt. But again, to reiterate, looking back, this was the best thing that could ever happen to me and I know it could be an opportunity for you too. Which leads me to number 8. And that's this question here, which I saw on day one of sort of our quarantine here. Again, we're in 2020. The COVID-19 outbreak has happened. Everybody's quarantined at home. And I saw a story on Michael Hyatt's Instagram with him asking all of us this question. What does this make possible? And that's a question that I ask myself every single day when something tough happens. Okay, what does this make possible? In sort of micro cases, it's like, okay, well, what can I learn from this situation? But in macro, worldly situations like this, with everybody home now, everybody together, everybody trying to figure things out online, well, what does that make possible for you? What perhaps was the thing that you've always wanted to do that now you have time for? Whether that's starting a business or maybe it's more family time. You're at home with your family now Make use of that time. What does this make possible? Consider that and put that on a post-it note and put it right in front of your computer or on your laptop so every time you open it up, you are asking yourself, well, what is the opportunity that is now right in front of me versus, man, I wish things were the way they were before because it was safe and easy. So what does this make possible? Number nine, I'd recommend checking out my book, Let Go. Let Go is a book that was written in 2013 that chronicles my journey emotions and all from getting let go from my current position as a job captain at a very well-renowned architecture firm how I got laid off, dealt with that, more accounts of these meetings, and how I turned my knowledge into an online business and got out of that and got out better on the other side. And so if you wanna go a little bit deeper into my story, it's a very short read. You could probably read it in a day or a day and a half, and hopefully it'll inspire you like it's inspired tens of thousands of others. And right now, during this crisis, it is for free at smartpassiveincome.com slash toolkit. It was available for free pretty recently on kindle but unfortunately kindle only allows me for five days to do a promo for free there so right now we actually have it as a pdf file that you can download and if you're listening to this in the future or perhaps reading the transcript uh, if you go to that link it might redirect you somewhere else but you know reach out to us we'll hook you up with a copy of let go for free we'll just send the pdf to you just send an email to help at team spi.com help at teamspi.com, and we'll hook you up with a free PDF copy of Let Go. Uh, it's the least I can do to help you in this situation because, again, I, I, I empathize with you. I know exactly what you're going through, and hopefully that story will inspire you. And uh, I appreciate all of you who have picked it up and read it and have shared it. So, again, that's Let Go. And send an email to help at teamspi.com if it's not already available at smartpassiveincome.com slash toolkit. And then finally, before I hand the mic over to Matt, uh, I do wanna say that there is a huge opportunity in front of you. You have skills, you have skills, skills, skills. You have skills and experiences and wisdom and drive now. And with those things combined, you can turn that into, to start at least, a very good, profitable freelancing career. You can help people who need these skills and Matt's gonna help you dissect what it is that you can do if you're interested in how you might be able to convert those skills into dollars and hopefully give you a little bit more of a cushion, if not potentially an opportunity to go full-time with that later, or part-time still. You know, a lot of people freelance as a side hustle, and a lot of people I know have started freelancing and have gone full-time with it, have created giant agencies around that, and have sold them for millions of dollars, too not i can't guarantee anything but Matt is the guy he's helped even some of my own team members here like Mindy for example start a freelancing career and you know now she's a part of my team so here he is Matt Gartland CFO and COO of SPI Media
1: here he is Pat thank you so much for the handoff and for all of you listening today thank you so much for being here it's crazy out there there is a ton of information news media to listen to to watch to read And we know that. We feel that too. So the fact that you're here listening to this episode, it's special. Uh, We're humbled by it, and we're excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited to be here and go to some depth on freelancing because it's important right now. In 2008, Pat lost his job. I was fortunate to not lose mine. I worked in the corporate sector in IT uh, as a in a leadership position working with sales and marketing to bring really innovative software solutions to life. I loved my job, much like Pat loved his. Uh, I was grateful to, survive that moment, but I saw a lot of friends that didn't. And my story in terms of becoming an entrepreneur and growing uh, two different seven-figure businesses, both agencies, uh, was actually rooted in that same time frame. Um, even though, again, I didn't face the extreme adversity that Pat did, uh, it was around that time I, I mentally decided that I wanted to truly embrace my entrepreneurial instincts uh, and and give that a go. So about two years later, uh, a little over two years later, uh, I electively left and became a freelancer. Uh, apart from loving operations and business process and as many numbers as you want to throw at me, uh, all the financial stuff. Um that I do love and, and that I am really good at. Uh, I also love to write, and that was actually my freelancing career. I was electively studying composition literature in college in addition to all of my technology and business classes, and my friends thought I was, you know, crazy or you know, probably taking some illicit substance that I shouldn't. Uh, I love story, um, so I'd always actually wanted to kind of explore somehow some way of working at the intersection of technology and business but with story with media uh, so although again not the most extreme situation like pat but i felt like i had to do it for myself and for those that i, I hope to help by by way of writing and editing uh, really important pieces of work so i became a freelance writer and editor worked with authors on a variety of different publication projects uh books digital books uh, some digital magazines um, largely, you know, digital in nature. Some went to print, some uh, print on demand. And I loved it. It was it was a, a grind to get started, uh, but it was fantastic and opened my eyes more to, you know, what's possible out there when you can kind of sharpen your skills and believe in yourself more and and, you know, take a little bit of a risk and try to make your own luck. And that's what we're going to go through today. What I'm going to share um, from my experience, starting out as a freelancer, first and foremost, um, and then eventually turning my freelance career into an agency um, and then joining uh, a separate one in its early stages as a partner and helping grow, you know, that, uh, that other agency. Uh, the second one was focused on e-commerce um, to as another seven-figure uh, business, um, both of them having successful exits in different ways, you know, at the end of their tenure um, it was actually the first one uh, that I founded myself, uh, winning edits was its name, that we did a lot of work with Pat. Uh, Pat mentioned his Let Go memoir uh, in his portion of this episode. And I finally look back at that because it was the very first project uh, that we did together. Um, and actually, I was a freelancer, borderline agency uh, at that point, and continued to do expansive work with Pat and the SPI brand. and. You know fell in love with him as a person and as a leader, and you know in this space. So you know, fast forward to actually the end of uh, 2019, and it was when, or I'm sorry, 2018, uh, when Pat and I, having become you know really good friends during during that time, decided to to finally join forces formally and merge our companies. So Winning Edits folded into uh, SPI, uh, basically had a baby. Um, that's SPI Media today, and uh, here we are. Um. So that's my story. Sorry to kind of share that uh, as backdrop, but, but hopefully that provides some some valid context, useful context to uh, how a freelance career can turn into something—at least for me—far um, bigger, more beautiful, more amazing than than honestly I even thought. You know, when I when I left my corporate job to start freelancing, and that may not be your path. That may not be the path you even want. Um, I illustrate that merely to say that it's possible and really wonderful things can happen that even, you know, the current moment of uncertainty and fear, I'm sure to, to a great extent, you know, probably precludes a lot of people from from seeing or, or embracing right now. But if you can start to orient yourself toward uh, freelancing, if that excites you even a little bit, uh, I can I can promise you from my experiences uh, professionally and what it's meant for me personally and my family that uh, it is it is a very exciting, worthwhile path to consider. Uh, so with the storytelling portion of this over with, uh, I am excited to share today, uh, 10 components to, uh, kind of, uh, kind of booting up, starting up a potential freelancing career. Uh, I'll share the 10 kind of here at the start to kind of give a lay of the land. Uh, and then we'll dig into all 10, uh, a couple of disclaimers first though. Uh, one, you don't have to do all of these things tomorrow. Uh, you can space these things out. Uh, you definitely should. Don't overwhelm yourself. Uh, second disclaimer, you don't have to do necessarily all of these things ever. Uh, I definitely recommend them. Um, some probably more than other would be deemed kind of maybe mandatory. Uh, but there are some that are probably elective. So, you know, listen to this, pick and choose the ones you think makes the most sense for you and the certain freelancing craft that you may want to embrace and and bring to bear. Uh, third disclaimer is that by no means do you have to do all of these things perfectly, especially the first time. Uh, when we talk about things like contracts and, you know, pitching uh, prospective clients and things, so much of, of freelancing, especially in the early days, is, is a learn-by-doing sort of mentality, uh, and it's a great thing to just lean into. Uh, overall, last disclaimer, and by far the most important one, enjoy the work of creating your own freelancing thing. Uh, it's a time of discovery. Uh, There are good methods, good strategies, good tools and techniques to consider and use. Uh, And it's, again, a crazy time in the world right now. Uh, So if you're going to do this, if you're going to spend some quality time you know, on your own, away from family, away from other commitments and really, really think about this, you know, do it in a way that motivates you. Um, Don't feel forced into, you know, any one of these things that uh, I'm about to share or even that maybe Pat shared or that other people advising you to do. Uh, Do what makes sense for you and that you feel good about doing and enjoy the work of figuring this out. Uh, Okay, finally, let's get into this. Uh, The 10 things we're going to hit. One, organize your thoughts. Two, develop a business model. Three, present a professional image. Four, track your prospective clients. Five, consider joining a freelancer marketplace. Six, join a community of freelancers. Seven, demonstrate your expertise in content form. Eight, Collect and incorporate testimonials into your marketing materials. Nine, prepare to be surprised and therefore prepare to adapt. And ten, I'm actually going to hold on until the very end and leave that as a small surprise. Uh, So the first one, organize your thoughts. Uh, Again, the freelancing landscape is vast, almost borderless. There is almost you know, no boundary to what it can be and how big, how narrow, how diverse, how creative you want to get with it. So you need to start committing your thoughts on paper around your skills. Uh, What are you good at? What do you want to maybe invest more into and kind of sharpen a a certain domain area? Uh, If you're an accountant, a certified public accountant, uh, professional accountant, rather, uh, if you're a certified financial advisor uh, in the financial sector, you know, how can you really kind of honing on, you know, key skills there. Uh, If you are, you know, a craftsman and you build furniture, uh, you know, what sort of furniture, uh, how specific can you get with, you know, uh, the sorts of handiwork, you know, know, that you do. Uh, If you are a developer, a coder, um, what technology languages kind of come to you? the best that you already have a foundation with and that you maybe want to expand upon? Uh, do you like front-end development more than back-end development? So mapping your thoughts out uh, on paper physically or digitally is really the first thing that that I did that I know a lot of my freelancer friends that have been successful do. Uh, you have to give some shape and form you know, to all of these wonderful but also crazy thoughts that bounce around in your head. Um, think about pricing as well. Uh, you know, are you trying to target a certain, you know, customer type that might have deep pockets or, you know, uh, are you trying to join forces with, you know, some more, you know, beginner type, uh, clients and you might have to calibrate your pricing, you know, uh, in that way. Uh, there's so many aspects to, you know, thinking about, uh, even your branding, uh, if you have thoughts on branding, start writing down and mapping out, you know, words and ideas and emotions that you know, might relate to how you want to position, you know, your freelancing business. Uh, a great way of doing that is a simple mind map. Uh, again, draw that out on paper. Nothing terribly fancy about it. Uh, if you do want to get a little fancier about it, uh, there are digital tools that, that make this easy. Um you can search for a bunch of them on a website called Product Hunt. Uh, ProductHunt.com. It's basically like a Google search engine, but for tools, whether they be hardware or software. So if you go to ProductHunt.com and just search for mind mapping, you will find uh, a great many options. One that I personally like uh, and use myself is called MindNode, MindNode.com. Uh, I believe it's only a Mac uh, app, Mac software for both uh, your computer as well as your phone, and it's free. Uh, super easy to use. So when it's a new big creative project or a business model that I'm contemplating, um, if I if my you know note cards aren't handy because I love note cards to quickly map something out on paper. Uh, I'll spin up the MyNote app and just kind of quickly capturing some thoughts there. So uh, start to give structure and give form you know, to your thoughts on what sort of skills am I good at? How can I turn this into services? Um, what sort of customers might be interested in those? Thoughts around branding so they can create a unique story for yourself. Start mapping that out, draw lines, connect the dots. Uh, it'll give you something more tangible to work with. Uh, and that's supports number two. Uh, which is to develop a business model. Now, a lot of people might hear business model, uh, the term business model, and get scared. Uh, Think that that's scary and complex and not fun. Uh, And I can assure you that it's none of those things. Uh, It can be very simple. It can be fun. Uh, I I hope that it is. Uh, Because, again, this is just an extension of the creativity that you started uh, in the first exercise Um, In, again, more nebulous, creative form, um, an actual business model just takes it to the next level in terms of specificity, in terms of more discipline in the thinking. Uh, A really great resource uh, is called the Business Model Canvas. It is literally a one-page sheet, has really thoughtful prompts, and organized uh, those prompts into different quadrants that link together. Uh, the specific questions, uh, some of which anyway, are, what do you do? Who do you help? How do you interact? How do you reach them, the them being prospective clients? So by organizing your thoughts through mind mapping from the, from the first exercise, you'll have more substance to then, again, parlay further into actually developing a business model. Uh, this is one topic of many that I actually wrote about in the Epic Guide to Business Fundamentals on SPI. So if you do go to spi.com, smartpassiveincome.com, and you navigate to the business development section of our, of our website, uh, you will find featured there uh, the Epic Guide to Business Fundamentals. Uh, I wrote that guide uh, cover to cover. i um, very proud of it. Uh, it was a lot of fun to create. And in chapter one, uh, chapter one is really all about this concept of business modeling uh, with a specific emphasis on this particular tool uh, called the Business Model Canvas from Alex Osterwalder, uh, the original creator of it. Uh, You'll see a picture uh, of the Business Model Canvas, a link to download a, a free PDF copy uh, there's others on the internet. You can just Google for business model canvas uh, and find your own version. Uh, for some reason, if you want a different version, uh, and then go through the prompts and start to structure out again in more detail, uh, in more I guess refined thinking, if you will, uh, for, uh, as compared to the first exercise. And then you'll have a blueprint. Uh, you know, after coming out of that de- developing of a business model, at least as a first draft, a first complete draft that you can be proud of, and maybe start. You know, sharing with some friends, getting some reaction to. Uh, it's a really great thing to have, an asset to have as you continue to work towards a freelancing concept for yourself. Uh, after that, once you make more strides, once you have a, a direction as informed by your business model to a certain client avatar you know that you want to work with in a certain sector um, and probably being as niche as you can be, so maybe not just a certified um You know, professional accountant in general that could conceivably service anybody. But maybe you work with athletes. Um, Maybe you work with teachers. Uh, Maybe you work with uh, you know software companies and software companies that are in the health sector. Um, So trying to find that level of specificity. uh, Number two, uh, you know, in the business modeling uh, component uh, is very very helpful uh, and sets up number three, uh, which is to. present a professional image. So once you, once you have enough figured out, uh, it's time to start creating some, some marketing assets, you know, really. Uh, so number one, a, a simple one-page website. Uh, there's a lot of really easy to use uh, website builders these days, um, way too many to mention. Uh, and you don't need like a, a really complex multi-page website to get started, especially not as a freelancer. Uh, just a one-page service-oriented website that is value-driven, really expresses your craft, your background, um, how you came to develop this expertise and why you love it and and why you do what you do as a freelancer. Uh, It's really all that you need, um, apart from also certainly having a method on that site to get in touch with you. Uh, It could be a simple contact form. Uh, You could also incorporate, if you want to be a little more advanced, uh, using a platform such as typeform.com uh, more of like an application survey, uh, if you want to kind of pre-screen some people on the front end of some submissions through your website. Um, but that sort of stuff isn't necessary, uh, at least not to get started. A simple one-page website, you can consider Squarespace, uh, some great templates there. Uh, Lead Pages uh, is another platform. Uh, Lead Pages kind of steers more towards marketing landing pages versus websites, but it could still be an option. Um, StudioPress is yet another option. They're a WordPress hosted solution that has their own website themes uh, and some geared toward, you know, consulting-esque work, freelancing work. Uh, That is all more or less, you know, codeless. Uh, You don't have to, you know, no HTML or CSS or, or do any of that. Uh, a lot of it's kind of you know drag and drop and you know write your text and upload some photography or some graphical assets and and click publish and there you go. Um, so you will need a website uh, and you don't have to make it complicated. There are resources out there to to make it simple. Uh, next, eventually, as you work toward you know getting into a spot where. You're going to start marketing your services as a freelancer. You're going to need a contract, um, and hopefully, once you once you close your your first freelancing project, uh, you'll be sending invoices. Uh, it's really, really important to present a professional image, even in those moments. Uh, I continue to see, you know, um, you know, just a lot of freelancers kind of rush that part. Um, again, it doesn't have to be complex or difficult uh, or expensive to create. Uh, in terms of contracts uh, or, or, you know, sending out of invoices. But just, you know, take, take the extra step or two to use some, some platforms out there that, that makes it easy uh, for you and does kind of provide that professional layer, you know, to it all. Uh, so, for example, in this space, um, if you are uh, so willing, you could use QuickBooks, uh, There's there's an option of QuickBooks, Um, for basically solopreneurs or freelancers to be able to, you know, send professional invoicing, have it integrated with payment options such as, you know, ACH payments for, you know, bank transfers for, you know, PayPal or Stripe, Stripe for credit card payments. Uh, Makes it, you know, really easy. Uh, That obviously is a platform you'll pay some money for, you know, per month or, or on an annual plan. Uh, but it's, it's definitely one of the best for uh, freelancers that are maybe taking uh, the idea of going full-time freelance, uh, you know, seriously. Uh, that's probably a, a really strong option for them. Uh, FreshBooks is another great platform to use. Uh, and we have a relationship with FreshBooks. Uh, they're actually our, our featured sponsored on the Ask Pat podcast um, as a disclaimer. Um, but it's a great tool. And, and we have used it in the past as well. Um, to send really professional-looking invoices, really simple to use, uh, we like that a whole bunch. Uh, there's a, another platform that's really interesting that actually kind of is a, a multi-headed monster, but uh, in, in a in a good way, uh, and that's called And.co. A N D .co. Uh, and through this platform, it's 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 another one that has pro plans that you know, you'd pay for. A lot of these plans, by the way, uh, customarily have their free trial period so you can test out a lot of these for free kind of feel which ones you know might work the best for you uh feel feel right for you etc uh this particular platform uh you can do a lot in it again you know a multi-headed uh friendly monster here uh you can create really professional looking proposals and contracts uh you can do all of the um invoicing and, and payment stuff you know within their platform as well uh, you can actually track time. Uh, so time tracking as a freelancer is important, especially if you bill on the basis of time. If you do accrual time at an hourly rate, uh, that gets really important. Um, now, most of these uh, modern systems for, for invoicing Uh, these days do have time tracking components FreshBooks has it harvest is another great platform uh, for invoicing and setting up projects and tracking time Uh, and then once you track the time it's really easy to create invoicing based off of those logged hours Uh, you're not like recording it in a spreadsheet and have to manually do the math and compute it later so but and co is is particularly interesting uh, because at least for me more than just the kind of the financial pieces it does have the proposal and contract piece so um, if contracts is something that is kind of kind of scary a little bit uh, look at and.co um, if not and.co legalzoom is a great place to find uh, some free or very inexpensive you know baseline contracts for you know 1099 oriented service providers and that's what a freelancer is Uh, So, you know, consider LegalZoom. Um, If you go to Product Hunt again, and even through, again, that search engine, search for, you know, various forms of like legal tools and whatnot, you'll find some resources there. Um, Our general counsel team, uh, and I've worked for them with uh, our GC team for probably six years now. Uh, Mark and John, Sansbury Weaver is their firm. Um, I think they have even some some free templates that uh, if anyone is interested, you know, contact us uh, at SPI and we can try to get those free resources in your hand uh, or at least point you in the direction of Mark and John um, and their free resources available on their website. So uh, just, I guess, maybe my message here, if anything, is that, you know, contracts are important. You will need them. Uh, it protects you from liability. Uh, it it pr- protects you for. Uh, different payment terms. Uh, it provides clarity to like when a project ends and the scope of that so you don't get taken advantage of. Um, there are always, uh, unfortunately, you know, the horror stories in the freelancing world of, of being taken advantage of when you're, when you're the freelancer, especially when you don't have a contract at all or if the contract, you know, has some gaping holes in it. So um, do some basic due diligence. Check out Co. Uh, for contracts. Check out LegalZoom if you need it. Um, if you still need help, you know, you can contact us and we can see what uh, my GC team, uh, my lawyers, the general counsel team uh, might have by way of some free templates uh, to provide to you all. So all of that was kind of roped up in the you know, presenting of a, of a professional image uh, for yourself as a freelancer, um, let's helps you really kind of stand out from, you know, the crowd of just, uh, an average freelancer, you know, in your market again, as, as a freelancer, uh, freelance developer, as a designer, uh, as a strategist or just business consultant or business coach, uh, as an accountant, uh, as anything again, um, Anything under the sun, whether it's a you know digitally oriented or or even in the physical world of selling furniture, or you, you do baked goods, uh, something like that. Uh, number four to track your prospective clients. Once once this gets going, uh, you you have your business model. Um, you're excited by that. You've gotten some feedback. Maybe maybe you've even iterated on that. Um, you've used that to then inform your one page. Uh, website. Uh, you've started to market that. You've gotten some interest. Uh, and, okay, what do I do with that interest, right? Um, maybe even before you've kind of closed your first project as a freelancer, um, you should start kind of tracking tracking that. Uh, and it doesn't have to be complicated either. Uh, you can use a really simple Google spreadsheet to, you know, capture some data points on, like, who who is this person who referred this person? Um, what is the person's email address? And, um, you know the the date in which you know we i first made contact or was introduced and then you know I sent a follow-up email on this different date uh what this level of thinking uh kind of builds toward uh, at least as a as a bigger concept uh, is the idea of a customer relationship management uh mentality so a CRM um, which is a really dry term and acronym um it's very corporate i realize uh but the, the thinking behind it is, is still important for freelancers um, because at some point, if things really start to kind of click into place, you'll have multiple, multiple leads at any given time. You'll close a project with you know, a client or two. Uh, that's a one-time project. Maybe they come around again in a few months and they want a second project. So you're starting to then, if you capture the data from the beginning, you start to kind of have a bit of a small database on, uh, on your client's. And again, database can sound like a scary term. It doesn't have to be. It can be just a super simple spreadsheet where you capture you know, a couple columns worth of data. Um, Trello is a free tool. Trello.com, T-R-E-L-L-O. Uh, it's kind of based on columns. Um, really easy, drag and drop. Almost like super fun. And you can create like little cards in your columns to track, you know, your clients kind of through this this pipeline of like, okay, I've made contact. I've sent them a proposal. On, the, on a certain date, how long has it been since, you know, I sent that proposal and I've heard back from, from them here. Um, I, I'll say now that this is one of the pieces, as one of my disclaimers, you don't necessarily have to do. So if you're thinking of your freelancing endeavor as a side hustle, as something that may not turn into a full-time thing, uh, this... Th- you know this is this is maybe slightly optional but if if you start to get a lot of traction if this gets exciting and if the volume starts to get uh maybe a, a bit unwieldy you just got to commit some of that to you know uh a system of some kind uh, and i'm certainly recommending based on my experience you know a digital system um so trello is great uh if you want to capture you know some of these data points and uh, be able to look back at that you know over time to kind of see you know, how long typically it takes to close a project, you know, once a proposal is sent, uh, stuff like that. So uh, another great platform out there. uh, This one is not free, admittedly. It's about $15 a month. Uh, It's called PipeDrive, P-I-P-E-D-R-I-V-E.com. Very tailored to essentially, you know, uh, a sales pipeline. Um, And beginning to, you know, through its own, you know, disciplines and structures you know help lead you through kind of organizing uh your your sales opportunities right yeah you your client prospects uh, as a freelancer so uh another platform that i am sure offers a free trial if you want to give it a try um i i used it at a at you know a point in my career uh didn't use it necessarily all the way through uh because i do love building my own spreadsheets as pat can attest to um but it's a great resource uh to at least maybe do some benchmarking on that brings us to to number five, uh, which is to consider joining a freelancer marketplace. Uh, and th- this can cut this one kind of can cut a couple different ways. Uh, if you're finding great success on your own uh, with your own network and your own marketing, uh, using social channels to discover potential clients and get discovered by them, uh, you may not need to you know go to an existing marketplace uh, to get to get business you know to get leads. Um, but you can uh, to, to supplement, you know, your own kind of channels and pipelines of of potential, you know, interest uh, and potential client prospects. You can still do that to just amplify, you know, your reach. Um, it's also a great way to get started. Uh, so if you're struggling to uh, get leads uh, or maybe good leads, because certainly not all leads are created equal, uh, you can consider you know, marketplaces uh, that are. You know, built they exist uh, to basically be matchmaker between people that you know, are looking to hire freelancers of a particular skill uh, and in fact you know the people with those skills uh, upwork is arguably the largest uh, or maybe most modern uh, right now uh, upwork.com um, so give that a look uh, check it out uh, even for research purposes um, and a lot of this stuff at some point can become a little bit cyclical uh, in terms of sharpening your own messaging, your unique selling proposition, how you kind of describe your services and whether you, you know, describe those services as and price those services, I should say, just in hourly rates or if you want to try to shift into value based pricing, uh, which is simply to say maybe more retainer models uh, and different sorts of, you know, service structures uh, that aren't just always uh, rate-based. So you can go to these marketplaces and kind of just scout for other people like you uh, and and how they market themselves, and you can get ideas from them. Um, so again, you don't necessarily have to join these marketplaces for, you know, the sake of getting business. Uh, you can use it for research purposes also. Uh, Upwork is big, uh, and more broad uh in terms of you know potential freelancers and and work that kind of flows through through that marketplace uh there are other niche marketplaces all over the internet you know for different industries and and sub industries you know uh, you know sub niches uh being from the publishing space uh at least in, in big measure uh, I came to know and admired the, the Readsy community. And that's R-E-E-D-S-Y dot com. Uh, and even got to exchange uh, some communications with our CEO. Um, just a really good guy. That community is focused on book publishing pros. So if you are a freelance writer or you want to be, if you're a freelance editor, uh, and God love you if you are, because I love editors. If you are a designer or anyone, uh, marketer or publicist, you know any any sort of a professional that operates around uh, and within the the book publishing community, you know, Reedsy is a great place uh, to go to learn, uh, develop some additional thoughts about your your freelancing business. Again, how you position it, how you uh, structure your services. Um, you can research other people doing, you know, similar work and you can in fact list yourself, you know, to be discovered within, within their marketplace, uh, and have work flow, you know, to you through, through that. So, uh, go out there, uh, if book publishing is not your industry, uh, if you're not a writer or an editor or in some way associated with books, just Google for, you know, different mar- freelance marketplaces, you know, with uh, a variety of different keywords that are relevant, you know, to your industry and, and those will emerge for you. Uh, beyond just the marketplaces, number six. So, mo- so moving on to number six, uh, are communities of freelancers. Um, Pat emphasized this as one of his key points. Uh, it might have been his first one that you are not alone. Uh, you're not alone uh, on so many levels. Uh, not the least of which is just as a freelancer. Um, so, the the marketplaces aren't necessarily geared toward you being able to meet other freelancers and developing a social relationship. Uh, So that's why this is a separate point uh, and a point of emphasis. Um, Whether those are masterminds uh, as one key term that you maybe build on your own uh, or seek to find and and join, uh, whether it's a kind of Slack-based community that exists out there, whether it's a Facebook group um, that's out there that's for freelancers, and hopefully you can find some that are, again, more narrow, more... More focused and specialized on your particular craft uh, that you want to freelance within, you know, look for those. Um, the social component's big again, especially now in the moment that we're in. Uh, you know, you, there's so much value to to be gained from from freelancer communities. Uh, certainly, you can be there for each other, both you know, in times of of wins and losses. You know, the highs and the lows. Uh, you can find you know, potential referral partners uh, for overflow work. If someone just has more demand than they can handle and they don't want to maybe take their freelancing career into, you know, the agency realm, um, they can pass through some work that they can't say yes to, to you. Um, And hopefully maybe, you know, vice versa and build some some really abundance-based relationships. Um, Find people that are adjacent to you that you can collaborate on. You know, book publishing is great. And again, from my experience where, you know, if I, if I was the lead editor on a book, you know, I'm not the designer. I might have some design ideas. Um, but if I have a, des, a design buddy like I did, um, especially back in the early days, you know, that uh, didn't only do books, but he was very gifted, you know, with book covers uh, and full jacket design covers, then I can recommend him, you know, and tag him along into a project or vice versa. And he can tag me uh, and recommend me for you know a project that came his way first. So uh, this one... Probably also optional, but I can't recommend it enough. Um, Again, especially while we're, or at least a lot of us right now, you know, inside our houses on some measure of, you know, stay in place. uh, Look for it now. It's great to find these communities. Uh, And I will highlight one that is uh, not per se kind of industry specific or niche specific. Uh, It's just one that is small and well curated and that I know personally. uh, And that is the Unreal Collective community. Uh, So it's unrealcollective.com. My friend Jay Klaus runs it. He's the founder. Uh, It's based here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, which is where I'm based. And it's just fantastic. It's sort of an amalgamation of different forms of freelancers and entrepreneurs, um, all through the lens of creativity. So creative professionals in in some way, shape, or form. Uh, There are you know, tech company founders in the community. There are freelance artists and photographers. There are developers. There are data scientists. Um, there are party planners, actually. Um, and there's me, uh, for whatever that's worth. Uh, I'm in the community too, uh, and proudly so. Uh, it's, it's excellent. It, it is not free. Uh, I will say that off the bat. Um, to, to join the community is, is a few hundred dollars, uh, i definitely think it's worth it uh, there is no relationship not a not an affiliate relationship anyway you know between us uh, and jay uh, i just know him trust him believe in him uh, and he's doing really great work so if, if nothing else um, check him out you can follow his work generally uh, he certainly does have a lot of um, free content free material out there uh, the community itself is, is the thing that there there is a um, a price component you know to it and if it's not You know Jay's community, Uh, again, there are so many others out there. Go to Facebook, uh, just Google. There's a lot that are now uh, based on Slack, uh, if you're familiar with the Slack collaboration platform. Uh, Find other people like you and say hello. Uh, Introduce yourself, even if you're just getting started, even if you don't have a client yet. uh, It's definitely okay. It's definitely encouraged to to go say hello. We were all there at one point in time. Uh, Once you do start to... Uh, gain further traction um consider taking that uh that traction those case studies uh as well as just your own experience um for the skill that you have already and in some way kind of create a piece of content around it uh so this is this is number 7 to demonstrate your exp- expertise in content form uh, so for a lot of you know SPI fans from over the years and and, and Pat fans, you know this is this is going to sound you know eerily similar to to a lot of our our teachings, you know, or over the years which is, you know, content marketing. Uh create a manifesto, you know, a, a free PDF oriented, you know, resource, create uh an ebook, create a podcast maybe. Um it doesn't have to be uh large and kind of ongoing like a podcast is, uh, as much as we love podcasts, uh, maybe just start small and start singular, start something with that. You know, you can, you can create once and kind of configure it and put it out there. Um, so it's just, it's another asset to kind of, uh, you know, in your arsenal to, to market yourself and demonstrate that, you know, that expertise. So when you are, you know, kind of courting, you know, new potential clients and as that volume grows, you know, you can point people in, in these directions as just further proof points that, you know, Hey, you know, I'm an exceptional, uh, you know, designer, um, and here's a body of work that I can showcase in an ebook form or a gallery format. Uh, so the the extent of content marketing is obviously wide, um, and we talk a lot about that at SPI in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, maybe uh, just to, to point it onto like one specific thing. Uh, thinking back even to Pat's personal story you know, when, when he started his first niche website and discovered that there was just tremendous amount of traffic, you know, to that website, uh, which was focused on his architecture exam, you know, that he was taking at the time, uh, the, the green, uh, exam. You know, he created himself, I believe in Microsoft word, uh, an ebook, he actually charged for it. It was his first actual product, um, laid it out himself, styled it, you know, even and just out of Microsoft Word, exported it to PDF, put it in a payment gateway, and sold it for like 17 bucks, and you know overnight that changed his life and and certainly changed you know the entire trajectory uh, for him and his family and what you know, and what we have now today here here at SPI. So um, Pat is phenomenal on stage and an outstanding audio guy. I wouldn't necessarily call him the best designer uh, to, uh, to poke a little fun at Pat. Um, which is simply to say, uh, in seriousness, that even if you're not a designer, um, create something. Create something little. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be a paid product like Pat's first ebook was. Uh, it can be a free manifesto, a free resource, a, a template that you might give away as a lead magnet to uh, an email series. If you have that as a as a thing that you might add later, you know, to your website, but demonstrate your freelance expertise, uh, or at least strongly consider it. You know, at some point farther down the road, I am sure. Uh, as a way of demonstrating uh, and showcasing your talent and, and the stories behind the work that you do. Uh, the stories plays into, uh, or the story component, plays into number eight, uh, which is to collect and incorporate testimonials you know, into your marketing materials. Uh, don't m- miss the opportunity when you do start you know, landing some freelancing work to, to just ask the question at the end of the project, you know, of your client, like, Hey, I'd love to get, you know, just a short testimonial, an honest testimonial, um, you know, about our work together. And if you do that, you know, immediately, uh, or in the, in the very short term after that project closes and hopefully closes successfully, uh, while it's still fresh and while emotions are good and, and all of these things, um, it's it's a fantastic you know an uh, asset. It's just another asset that you can get, and if you just make it a habit of just asking that simple question for a very honest you know testimonial at the end of you know different different freelance engagements, you'll build quickly you know a playbook of really glowing stuff that you can place on your website that you can put in your, your proposal decks. Uh, if you, if you have proposal decks, uh, that you can associate with different social channels, um, and just becomes, you know, different again, social proof for, for the work that you do. It makes your job that much easier down the road with sending out proposals and getting yeses. It will almost certainly, uh, based on my experience anyway, uh, sort, uh, shorten your cycle time, uh, your sales cycle time from when you make contact with someone to when you send a proposal to when you hear back on a proposal to when you finish maybe negotiating a proposal to getting a signed contract. Um, all of that together being your, your sales cycle. So the more that you can add in testimonials over time, especially like my goodness, please start capturing those now from, from day one, from your first client, uh, those stories up, up, you know, in addition to your own, that's, it's just magic. Uh, as you navigate all of this stuff, all the way from the beginning, the first time mind mapping your thoughts uh, and going from raw, crazy you know, inspiration in your head and trying to commit some of that to, to paper uh, through the business modeling process of adding and applying structure, uh, more structure to that, to sharpening that into some marketing messages that you put on your website, to putting yourself out there eventually and asking for business and trying to, to land that work. Uh, to meeting other freelancers in communities, to interacting with maybe marketplaces, this whole journey um, exemplifies number nine, which is to, to be surprised. Um, or uh, I'm sorry, to prepare to be surprised and therefore you know prepare to adapt to those surprises. Uh, as much as I can teach and others can teach, again, the methods and the science and the art of freelancing, uh, so much of it is adaptation to your industry, to you know your own goals and, and wants and needs, to the feedback you get from clients. Uh, it is it is a full contact sport. Um, it's exciting. It's worth it. Uh, you will have disgruntled clients if you spend any time at all. You know, being a freelancer, um, you will also discover uh, that sometimes your most lucrative project may also be with your best, most easiest to manage client. Uh, it, it never surprises me just how many surprises there are uh, in the world of freelancing. It's, it's abundant. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, it's challenging at times for sure. Uh, there isn't a tool here to, to suggest or offer. Um, the, the only thing to, to maybe say is like, just have that attitude uh, that like you'll, you'll get surprised when, um, a lot of times, positively great, wonderful surprises. Uh, some not so awesome surprises at times, for sure. You'll deal with clients that don't pay on time, or that hopefully you'll never experience this. Uh, but that may never pay. Uh, I've, I've certainly, you know, been hit with that unfortunate surprise a couple of times at the end of projects, and the last invoice never paid. And you know, do do you pull lawyers in to fight that, and you got to kind of do that that cost analysis on is it worth it and you know, it's just a, it's a yucky situation. Um, but you know, the, the point at large is that it's, it's a, an adventure. It is a journey and it is worth it because the, the positives, the, and it's not just the income, um, you know, it's the confidence, it's the taking of more, you know, financial you know control, uh, for yourself, your families, um, putting that more in your hands, meeting really talented wonderful people um and probably not just in your local community you know thanks to the power of the internet you know i have friends all over the country and and certainly uh across the globe a little bit uh because my freelancing career that led into my you know agency career and the rest of my just entrepreneurial career at large Uh, i mean pat's in san diego uh and, you know, I've developed a, a wonderful friendship uh, and partnership, you know, with him for for this very reason. So uh, just be prepared uh, for the surprises, you know, take the punches when they come, um, come back stronger and it's worth it. It's exciting and it's worth it, uh, which does lead me to my, my final uh, number 10 here that I was teasing it from the beginning. Uh, and that's simply to don't quit. Uh, and I, that, that might be a bit woo-woo and mushy and, you know, uh, maybe that's true. Uh, it's not, not a hard business strategy or tactic here. Uh, but if, if freelance excites you in, in this moment of either, you know, real need if you have been displaced or if you just feel the, the, the energy now that this is, this is the moment to take it seriously, to think about it more, uh, and start to put yourself out there, uh, yeah, don't quit. Um, especially if this is something like you just kind of feel in your core that is right for you in your future, uh, for your career, for your family. Um, Keep going. Uh, There's people here to support you. We're here to support you at SPI. Um, I've pointed you in a couple directions for communities and marketplaces where you can get more support. Uh, The support is out there in spades. Um, and so many people exactly in your position are asking the same questions and considering the same ideas and preparing perhaps to make the same decisions. So, uh, I'll end there that, uh, don't quit. Keep thinking about this. Uh, we're here for you. We're excited for you. We are here to support you. So if there's anything that we can do, me, Pat, anyone on the team, just holler, let us know. So we're grateful for you and good luck. Thanks, Matt. I
0: appreciate you putting much more time into this than uh, I had originally expected. So thank you so much for that. And I I hope that for those of you listening, you are encouraged by this episode. You are hopeful. You are uh, perhaps at least now have a little bit of direction. And I just hope that you can also see that we have an amazing breadth of knowledge on the team here. It's not just me. It's not just Pat Flynn anymore. Team SBI is Matt. CFO, COO, Mindy with solutions and technology, Karen with content and Sarah Jane with partnerships and known for customer service and just so many other great people. Of course, Jess, many of you know, who is my executive assistant in and Andrea running operations. There's just so many great people who are here to serve you and and I hope that you could see that you know if if times are tough you at least know that there's this team over here on this side who who really wants to put in the work to help you you can find out more information about how we can help more directly during this time at smartpassiveincome.com/toolkit again there's a lot of free resources there this podcast episode is hosted there uh, along with another one related to managing your business finances and dealing with team members around this kind of uh, crisis as well as free books free resources free courses just anything that we've put together to help you at this current moment in time uh, we empathize with you we are here for you let us know how you feel if you want to send us an email help at team let us know what you think as well as at pat flynn on twitter or if you want to hook up with matt at matt that's two t's at matt gartland g-a-r-t-l-a-n-d uh, I hope you enjoyed having him on the show today too. Uh, send him some love if you can. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you. And one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash tool Cheers. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.